Welcome to Learning Through Math, the podcast. I'm Laura at I Teach the Why. I'm Karina at Mrs. Cousins 5. Our mission is to inspire ourselves and others to keep learning and improving with passion. And hugs. You can find us at learningthroughmath.com and on Twitter at Laura and Karina. Come and join us on this journey of learning. Thank you for joining us. We are recording this in August of 2020. Welcome to episode nine, Never Say Anything a Kid Can Say. This is an article written by Stephen C. Reinhardt. And it was published in 2000. I could not believe it. I, I was introduced to this article probably in 2013, and I've read it several times over the years. And as I was rereading it to prep for this, I started tearing up. I started crying because I thought, geez Louise, 20 years and we still have so much work to do. Yeah. As teachers and learners. Yeah. 20 years. 20 I, years. I, 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 like, I have no words. I, I really. Why does everything take so long in uh, education? Yeah. We have the internet now. I know we've talked about this on previous episodes. Why hasn't this been it made more accessible? Why or why haven't teachers read this Adopted more? it. Like I, yeah. And I know some people, maybe some listeners out there have never even heard of this article before. True. Which, you know, hey, I didn't hear of it until 13 years after it arrived. And right. Yeah, and you I didn't. was just shortly after that. Right. I, I, I'm, we have to do a better job at getting information out, research out, good practices out. Quickly. Yes. And adopting what the best practices are. Yeah. All right, so before we start, let's go back and reflect yes. on our previous episode. Episode 8, we discussed small groups with mm-hmm. the focus of the book that we were reading in our book club. And one thing that I had said was... It's better when it comes from the students. Like when they're in a small group and they're discussing, it's better if the learning comes from them Mm -hmm. and not the teacher as the source. And that's what led us into this discussion of this article. Yes. I think we're going to break it down into the teacher's perspective and the student's perspective today. Yes. So you and I separately picked our top three Mm -hmm. of each section. We haven't discussed it yet, so I'm kind of interested to see if we have overlaps or not or you know, what our perspectives are. So let's talk about it from the teacher's perspective first. The three points I got out of this from the teacher's perspective was to ask more questions, to have more process questions than product questions, and to be patient with your wait time. So both of the, the first and the second kind of go hand in hand. I feel like it's, it's really about good questions Mm -hmm. and that goes back to you know episode eight we discussed the small group book and in that a big emphasis was made on questioning and and having good questions Mm -hmm. that would promote student talk Mm -hmm. and it really leads into this article as well like just the the idea that the teacher needs to practice Mm -hmm. and needs to have good questions that will lead to student discovery and one of the ones that you had picked was also on my top three list, which was the be patient and having good wait time. That that was part of the be patient one, where I find that when I go in to coach people, 
if that's something that they tell me that they want to work on, I'm like, yes, because we don't have a lot of patience in as far as wait time. Right. Well, and five seconds oh, of please. silence. Seems like five hours it sometimes. Feels <laughs> like forever. <laughs> yeah. And I'm trying to remember, I think it's the research says eight to 10 seconds at minimum is the best amount like, don't even say anything. Right. You know? And we've and all... it's hard because we do have fast, quick thinkers in our classrooms too, right? So it's 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 that balance of accommodating for yes. those that think quickly mm-hmm. and those that need reflection time. Which is why I love when we talk about number talks is, hey, if you've got one strategy, now start thinking of another one. Right. The two other ones that were my favorite was... Of course, never say anything a kid can say, which is right. the title of the article, but which, which then led into the asking the good questions. But the third one, and this honestly changed me as a teacher once I read this article, was never carry a pencil. Mm. Because the one who's doing the writing is doing the thinking, is doing the learning. So that's, to me, that was one of those mind-blowing things. And I legit stopped carrying a pencil or pen around with me. And I started asking good questions or saying, show me a a visual representation, a model of that. When I reread the article this time, something that really struck out to me, now it was hard to pick three. I I know. It was really difficult. (laughs) So I just tried to pick like the top three, but something that I know I will have to work on for this upcoming school year is trying not to repeat student answers. Oh my gosh, I do that so often. Because I, I want to make sure that whatever the child said that maybe was important, an important thinking point, I repeat so that it's emphasized or that everyone hears it. But in the article, he says that if you do that, you're taking away mm-hmm. um, students listening to each other and mm-hmm. then they just listen to you. So let's piggyback off the book that we read for our book club. And it was, what did so-and-so say? Yes. Asking students to paraphrase each other. Exactly. Yeah. Instead of you saying, oh my gosh, yeah, the, you know, blah, 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 blah. That if we try to have the kids hone their listening skills by repeating or restating or adding on to what another student said. Right. So let's go into the student perspective ones. I'll go first this time. Okay. okay. My top three were participation is not optional. Yes which I try to make sure that I do regularly, especially when I'm using my white books in my classrooms. When I- dis- Can you tell us a little bit more? Because I yes. know some people don't know what white books are. I, You were able to teach me and show me, and they are They like transformed my room. Yes. They really did. Yes, they are a game changer. So I was listening to a podcast, and Dr. Peter Lilladal was on it, and he was talking about vertical non-permanent surfaces, a.k.a. whiteboards, and visibly random groups. And the podcast was sponsored by Wipebook, W-I-P-E-B-O-O-K. And it took me a long time. I thought they kept saying Wipebook, and I was like, what do they mean, Wipebook? So it's these portable whiteboard surfaces, and I legit take blue painter's tape, or if I have a magnetic surface, I'll just take heavy duty magnets, put them up. It looks like chart paper that's laminated. However, one side is blank, the other side has grid. So it's probably a one inch by one inch grid 
which makes it great to be able to talk about area and perimeter and volume and all those geometric parts Mm -hmm. of math. The second one was no one in a group is finished until everyone in the group can explain and defend the solution. I should have read reread this article before this last school year because I would have students that would take over and be the speaker for the group because when you're doing vertical non-permanent surfaces and visibly random groups you have no more than three in a group one whiteboard marker one whiteboard eraser which and I force them to pass the marker around right from person to person so that one person doesn't take over the whole thing and you have to it's that dance it's that balance of watching the whole group listening to what they're saying and and everything the third one is always require students to ask a question when they need help i you know you and i both were firm believers in growth mindset with the power of yet so if a kid said i don't get it yet i don't remember if i would come up with a statement i probably did rather than say who has a good idea that they can share and make the students more responsible for communicating their ideas. Your first two were my first two, same ones. (laughs) Um, Everyone needs to participate, Mm -hmm. right? Everyone takes an active role. Uh, The second one was everyone in the group can explain and defend the position. Mm -hmm. Really important that everyone, again, it goes back to everyone participating, right? If everyone can explain what their group discussed, then that involves everyone. And what I like about that idea too is that it takes the pressure off because if you're reporting what your group discussed, yes. it's not it's not my idea, my strategy, mm-hmm. my thinking. It's what we came up with together. Which is making the kids better listeners so they eventually can be better communicators when they get out into the real world. Right. Which is what we're trying to prepare them for. Exactly. Right? At, at the end of the day. The last one was, uh, for me, was do not blurt answers. And not letting the kids blurt out yes. answers, yes. And, and again, it just goes back to how focused we've been in math. We've been answer-driven mm-hmm. as, a pro, as opposed to strategy-driven, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So we need to take that emphasis off it's the answer that's the most important in math. Mm-hmm and put it to it's the strategy that matters and your thinking that matters. I just remembered I have a cute little saying that I say to the kids if they do and when they, not if, when, when they blurt out an answer, I'm like, dude, you just stole from their thinking. Yes, You stole from their learning. So now I say, don't steal from someone else's thinking. Don't steal from someone else's learning. So that's that's a good one. Yeah, I forgot. That's another cute little saying. When you're not in the middle of, of the school year, you have to stop and think, right. what did I do that just became natural for us? Right, right. Which now, you know, summer, we we're, we're have to go back and recreate this in our mind. There are a few quotes that I do want to go into. Okay, though, okay. I know that, listen, this article <gasps> is, like, I could have highlighted the, the entire yes. thing. There's so many gems in here totally the first one i want to start with is the one on the first page which i know you're going to agree with me at some point during this metamorphosis i concluded that a fundamental flaw existed in my teaching methods when i was in front of the class demonstrating and explaining i was learning a great deal but many of my students were not 
Eventually, I concluded that if my students were to ever really learn mathematics, they would have to do the explaining and I the listening. My definition of a good teacher has since changed from one who explains things so well that students understand to one who gets students to explain things so well that they can be understood. I mean, that gives me goosebumps. That's so, I mean, that just changes your whole perspective, teaching philosophy, Mm -hmm. right? Like that's a shattering thought. Yes. And I tell my students all the time too, like I already, I've passed fifth grade. (laughs) I don't have to learn this. You do. So you have to explain your thinking. You have to show me the steps that you took. Mm -hmm. I don't have to show you any. I know how to do this. Right. Right. It's just going back to that. It's, it's them being the owners of their, taking ownership of their learning. Yep. And one of the quotes that I love is on the third page where it's under section four where it says replace lectures with sets of questions. And I'm just going to read that this part. Well, forget it. I'm just going to read that that whole section. <laughs> Do it. it says, when tempted to present information in the form of a lecture, I remind myself of this definition of a lecture. The transfer of information from the notes of the lecturer to the notes of the student without passing through the minds of either. If I am still tempted, I ask myself the humbling question, what percent of my students will actually be listening to me? Yeah. You know the pyramid that says how people learn best kind of thing? And lecture, like what you remember. It's what you remember after 24 hours. Lecture, people remember about 5% of what has been told to them right. and reading is more it's like 10 percent. but explaining it to someone else that's where you get that 90 to 100 yep. percent that's why we're we're people consider teachers quote so smart why because we're the ones that have said these things over and over or explained over and over and over again another important point is the whole less is more philosophy <laughs> i saw that and i was like <laughs> maybe subconsciously that's where i got it from yeah I, I mean, I think we are all, we, we all fall to that, right? Victim yeah. to that is that we just try to do more and more and more. But we really have to maintain, and especially now. Especially. With, I mean, let's be real, right? With our virtual learning, distance learning, less is more. We've got to keep repeating that mantra over and yep. over and over we again. we got to shout it yep. from the rooftops. Yep. yep. Less is Since more. Since we don't have mountains in less Florida. Is more. <laughs> <laughs> from the beach we'll show okay that sounds good oh let's get a helicopter with one of those banners banners yes do you have another quote that you loved because i do go ahead and share yours off my okay mind. my other one is in the second to the last page and it, it had to do with the no one in a group is finished until everyone in the group can explain and defend the situation the rest of that says this rule forces students to work together, communicate, and be responsible for the learning of everyone in the group. And this is the part that I re-highlighted right here. The learning of any one person is of little value unless it can be communicated to others. And those who would rather work on their own often need encouragement to develop valuable communication skills. That I was thinking of a couple of my students this year Mm -hmm. that I was like, dang it, I missed the boat on those you know, with them yeah. on that. Ugh. But hey, I, I can only do my best, right? Right. 
And that's the 10% you change, <laughs> right? Yes. At the beginning of the article, I think that's what you had mentioned this before, changing 10% of our, yes. our, our teaching. Is this where it came from? Uh, or is that has that been around? I don't I, I don't know. Okay. I, I don't know if this was the beginning of my thinking of that or some other article. Listener, if you know of other places, let us know. But that's going to end up being our challenge. Listeners, here's your challenge for the week. What is your 10% that you're going to commit to change this year, if possible? And we're putting the if possible in there because we know we're under extraordinary circumstances. Right. Maybe just 5%. Hey, I'll take even 1%. You know, if we can get a teacher, even one teacher, to improve their teaching method from lecture to more question-based, we'll have done something right right because again we're all on this journey of learning right i want to leave with one i found the quote that i wanted to okay it was on the last page and i didn't i thought i was on the last page and i wasn't but okay okay, now i'm on the last page here wait wait i gotta get to the last page oh okay okay go ahead all right uh it's under the summary paragraph okay i am convinced that children learn in more ways than i know how to teach (sighs) yes absolutely Right? That's, that just... Wait, I want to finish what it says. Oh, because okay. it says, the next sentence says, by listening to them, I not only give them the opportunity to, to develop deep understanding, but also am able to develop true insights into what they know and how they think. Yeah. Oh, I'm done. It's so good. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. We invite you to join the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag learningthroughmath. We'd love to hear your feedback. Make sure to tag us at Laura and Karina. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. To you too.